Thanks for joining us for today's message. Our mission here at Plum Creek is to help you experience intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. Our hope is that what you hear today will impact and challenge you to love God and the people around you in a whole new way. We'd encourage you to check us out online at PlumCreekOnline.com to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we might have for you or for your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through our website, plumcreekonline.com give or via text. Just text any dollar amount to 720-606-5563. Thanks again for joining us today. Hi, everybody. How are you? Good, good. You uh, didn't fight the bad weather last night. It was a little crazy getting in here, so thank you for being here today. We're glad that you're here. We're starting our Christmas series this weekend, and I'm really excited about uh, what we're going to do this year and the direction that we're going to head. What I want to do this year is take a look at three instances in Scripture where angels showed up in the story. <clears throat> and uh, we, when we think about the Christmas season, we think about the Christmas story, there's a lot of things that, that kind of kind of conjure up kind of emotions in our minds. And one of the things that I was thinking is that every single time um, you hear a story about a baby, everybody just kind of goes like, how? What do they do? Oh, right? And so that's kind of the feeling that we have wrapped around this whole Christmas scene, isn't it? Like the whole story, it's like just, it's one of those stories you just kind of like, oh, it's just great. And I think sometimes we're not clearly thinking through the reality of what must have been happening in the lives of these real people that were going through these circumstances and situations uh, that we celebrate when we look at uh, the Christmas story. So this, this year, we're going to take a look at these uh, three instances where angels showed up. And what is it that the angel always says? Do you remember? What does he say? Fear not, right? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And so what I want to do is look at some things that we can gain, some insights that we can learn from the stories that uh, we're, we're hearing about these people. And today, I want to look at the first part of the Christmas story when an angel appears to a teenager, a teenager. And uh, this is a young lady. Her name is Mary. And uh, Mary, uh, this is one of those moments, right? Mary's in love. Right. Perfect, right? And uh, that's how we feel about this story. But what you might not realize is that she could have been as young as 12 or 13 years old and in love. Yeah, wow, right? Like you got it all figured out at 12, right? <clears throat> Very different culture than, than, we, uh, than we live in today, but uh, you will understand this. She might have been, been, have been as old as 18 or 19 years of age as well, so we're just going to land in the middle. Let's just say Mary was 16, right? Can we say she was 16? And uh, this story opens, and as we read in Scripture, she's been pledged to be married to this guy named Joseph. Now, let me explain that to you. That's the period of time between when someone says yes to being married and the actual wedding feast is what they would do. And it could be similar to us, like during an engagement period. I mean, we have all had different seasons of lengths of time in the engagement process, but for them, it was typically somewhere between six months and 12 months, and during this time, <clears throat> they would actually be considered married, but they wouldn't be living together, and obviously they wouldn't be having sex with one another 
as well, and they wouldn't live together until after that wedding feast. So everything that happens in this story in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 is kind of centered around this whole reality of what was happening in Mary's life, and, and I think these things are really important. So what we want to do is get our arms around this. Mary was a real person. We're going to just, for the sake of today, say she's 16 years old and she's in love. Oh, it's just great. And she's presumably living with her parents in the town of Nazareth. And uh, she's likely waiting with real anticipation and excitement to this wedding feast that is quickly coming. And most of you will, will kind of understand, or at least uh, ladies, you've thought about it and dreamed about your wedding day. And, and you could think back with fond memories of the hectic nature of the days that led up to your wedding. And you remember all of the stuff that needed to get done to be able to have this moment that you had dreamed about your whole life. And Mary's a real person, we have to think and understand that Mary would have been going through many of the same emotions and a lot of the same thoughts that you uh, would have been going through leading up to your wedding as well. The guest list, right? The decorations, the, the food, the music, uh, the perfect outfit, what she was going to wear, and, uh, and, and Joey. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what she called him. Did you know that? <clears throat> I didn't know that either. I just made that up. <clears throat> Some of you are like, I didn't read that in there, right? <laughs> but she, uh, she's obviously in love, and I think sometimes we, we might get out of perspective the reality of what was happening. So this is undoubtedly one of the happiest times in her life, one of the most exciting times in her life, and it's on the background of this, with this as the backdrop, that um, we introduce where we want to go today and this weekend. There are many things in our lives that can cause fear. There's lots of things that we can be fearful of. And today I want to talk about a fear, a fear that I've experienced personally, and it's highly likely that it's a fear that you have experienced as well. <clears throat> and uh, what I want to talk about is, is a fear uh, of the unknown that God has planned for us. Do you, ever, do you ever worry about that kind of stuff? Do you ever think about that? Has it ever become overwhelming? How many of you are like the type A, got life pretty well planned, know how everything's going to go, like raise your hand if that's you, okay, I don't really get you, uh, but, but I need you in my life, right, like I need you in my life, um, I don't have everything planned out that well, but sometimes I think we have our lives so planned out that we, that we don't really have space for kind of those moments when God will collide in our life to send us maybe in a little bit of a different direction. Maybe some of you have a boss or a friend or a neighbor or a family member that when they call and you see their number on the phone, you're like, oh, pretty sure they're gonna want something, right? Because they never call just to call. They just call when they need something or want something. Do you have, and you just like always hit ignore or if they send a text, you're like, ah, I don't know. what. To, or if you see them in the grocery store, what do you do? You're like, oh, and you like turn in a completely different direction because you know it's going to be like an hour conversation and they're going to need something from you. And maybe you guys know that. You know those kind of people and you feel like you need to avoid them. I believe that for some of us, we feel that way about God. We're worried. We're concerned in our hearts. We feel like, gosh, if I get too close, if I hear too much, he's going to steer me in a different direction. He's going to want something from me. And here's what I want to do today. I want you to see this differently do you remember why Jesus sent his son? Do you remember why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. It's not because he wanted something from you. It's completely different. You see, he wanted something for you. 
And that's very different perspective. And so often we have our lives so planned out and we have this direction that we're headed and we don't make provision for this God that loves us to be able to help guide us and steer us through and navigating through the challenges of life. You see, we want to be close enough to God to get the good stuff, right? We want hope for eternity. We want help when we need it. We want peace when we need it. But I don't want to be completely surrendered to God to the point where he has total access to every area of my life. Isn't that how we feel sometimes? Like, it makes us nervous. We have some fears of where that might lead and what that might do. And we just need to keep it real. We may have this fear. If I completely surrender to him, he might have me do some stuff I don't want to do. He might take me someplace I don't really want to go, like Africa, right? Isn't that the one that everybody says? Man, if I completely surrender to God, there's no doubt I'm on my way as a missionary to Africa, right? We all think that. We have this fear that if we give it to him, completely to him, that life might not go exactly the way I've planned or the way that I want it to go. A fear can overwhelm us and this can overtake us. And in this list, the fear list can go on and on because a lot of times our greatest fears are kind of bedded in the rocks of the what if game, right? So what if God sends me to Africa? What if God wants me to get a different job or in a different career? Or what if God wants to change something in my life that I don't want changed. And it's pretty common for us to fear what God is asking us to do and fear can overtake us. If you pull out your journey guide, love for you to take some notes. Our main thought for this weekend is this. I don't need to be afraid of God's plans. I don't need to be afraid of God's plans. Let me read a verse that some of you may be familiar with. Paul was writing to his young friend Timothy and he said this in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, and yet so often in our lives we live with fear. And today I want to talk to you about fear. Fear of what God might be asking you to do. And I want to stop here for just a moment and just say that I serve a God, and you serve a God that I know speaks to you, speaks to me. And if you're listening, you'll hear his voice. And if you get used to knowing that voice, then you're going to hear him more clearly. And I would venture to guess that even, even right now in this moment, if you and I were able to sit down and have a cup of coffee together or go out and get lunch here in a, in a little while together, that we, would, that we would be able to have some conversations about some of the things that God's been doing in your life, some of the things that God's been talking to you about and some things that he's been challenging you with. Maybe it's a circumstance, a situation. Maybe it's a habit, a relationship. Maybe it has to do with forgiveness. Maybe it has to do with letting him touch your heart to be able to move forward through some pain that you've experienced. Uh, maybe it's uh, some, some, some area of your life. Maybe it's about your kids. Maybe it's about your finances. I know that God speaks to us. And if I could pause even, even for just a second and rewind all the way to January. Remember, I encouraged you to pray and to, to just discern one word that God would have for you for the year of 2015. Do you remember that? You guys remember most of you, if you weren't here, we prayed through what that would look like if there was one word that could be kind of the, the path for this year that God would be leading us on. And we, we took time and it was amazing to read the words and kind of the, hear the stories behind what God was doing in, in our lives as we started the year. I would venture to guess that if God was speaking to you about that in January, it's highly likely that he's still speaking to you about that here in December because we prayed about that. And for some of you, maybe you haven't thought about your word for a little while. 
And maybe that's what it is, that God continues to speak to you about this thought, this, this idea, this principle that he's wanting you to focus on. Maybe it's about uh, something related to your future, your prayer life, or about involvement, getting involved using your talents and your gifts. Maybe it's about a relationship, but I know that God is speaking to us. And it's highly possible that there's someone that's here today that God challenged you with a thought this morning, or maybe he will. Or maybe it's been just a couple days ago or weeks ago or months ago or years ago or maybe for some of you, God's been speaking to you about something for decades and you've been kind of moving the grocery cart away from allowing that to really touch your heart. I want to talk to that today. We're afraid of God's plans often and, and I wonder why. I wonder why it is that we're afraid of God's directions and kind of the ways that he nudges us in different directions. And so there could be lots of answers to that question. But today I want to give you two based on this story with, with Mary. And the first one is this. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. I think that sometimes we can be afraid of, of God's prompting and God's moving in our lives because God's interruptions seem inconvenient. God's, God's interruptions can seem inconvenient. Remember, Mary is in this situation where she's living the dream. It's a great time in her life. She's incredibly excited. There's this emotion that's welling up inside of her as she's heading towards this marriage feast and her marriage day, and she's excited and she's in love. And look what it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 22, and we, or 26. We have to remember the setting. We have to remember what's going on in Mary's life to get the full implications of what happened here. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and some of you will remember who Elizabeth is, that's one of Mary's relatives. Scriptures tell us that she was well beyond the years to be childbearing, and she ends up miraculously being pregnant, and she's going to give birth to a son. Do you remember who this son is going to be? It's John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist, the forerunner for Christ. And, and so um, what happens here in this story is in, she's in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, uh, God sends the angel Gabriel. Gabriel. Have you heard of Gabriel before? Do you know he's one of two angels mentioned by name in Scripture? One of two. That's a pretty big deal. And I want to stop here again for just a minute. This angel appears, and sometimes I think because we have the kind of aww about the Christmas story that we have this image of angels even that I think might not be realistic. You know, the, like the like chubby baby floating on a cloud with some wings, you know, and a little harp and just like singing cool music and just cute, right? Just little cute little angel. No, 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 no. Guys, this is, this is Gabriel. And Gabriel's on a whole different kind of path than a little naked baby on a cloud. This dude, he is, he's a serious, legit, bad to the bone, fierce, get some supernatural stuff deployed by God on a mission angel. That's completely different than the like, oh, the angel over the manger, right? Like, no, this is, a this is an angel on a mission from God to change the course of history. And Gabriel, like, I see him different. He looks like the rock. He's like buff, and he's got the tribal tattoo all over his bulging peck. And he shows up, and that's why Mary goes, whoa. Something crazy's going down here. And so we have this angelic presence, this angel who shows up. Now let's look at the story in verse 26 again. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sends the angel, the stud angel Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her, and listen to what he says. You can kind of hear his, like, booming voice greetings favored woman 
the Lord is with you. What happens? What, what happens in her? What's the emotion that comes out of Mary in this moment? It's not like, oh, cute little chubby angel, right? Look what it says here. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. You see, remember the scenario. Remember the picture. Mary's engaged in. She's been searching Pinterest for creative, decorative ideas. And she's, she's practicing writing her new last name so she gets it right on her checkbook. And she's registering at Crate and Barrel and Restoration Hardware and, and Pottery Barn. And then God interrupts with this like buff angel to bring this amazing message from God that changes the course of Mary's life and it's not oh that's so cute if mary was your friend she would have been speed dialing you right now oh dear god we can learn something important here you see god interrupts and we need to keep it real today this is inconvenient for mary what we can learn and you might want to write this down is that what we call interruptions god sees as invitations. What we see as interruptions, what we call interruptions, God sees as invitations. He's inviting us to something different. Why? Is it because he wants something from you? It's that he wants something for you. He wants you to be part of his big plan. He wants you to be be part of his plans for your life. And those times when we feel like God is interrupting me, often he's actually inviting us to something higher or something better. You see, so often in our lives, we are so driven, we are so busy, we are so focused, we are so determined, and we have our to-do lists, and we have our calendars, and they're beeping at us all the time. We're on mission, but it's not always mission from God. And what he wants us to do is understand that his interruptions are invitations, but so often we have no time for the interruption. As a matter of fact, we don't take time to quiet our hearts and to quiet our environment enough to actually hear from him because we've got so much to do that our hearts are never quiet. We can see many times throughout Scripture that God is an interrupting God. You remember Moses? He's trekking through the desert, right? And all of a sudden, a shrub like self-combusts, and a voice comes from this shrub and changes the course of his life. And now he's called, not an interruption that changes him to like where it's like so messing up his life that he now is on mission from God, and he's the one called to deliver the nation of Israel out of slavery, Or what about Jonah, right? He's on a full-out sprint away from God, right? It's not only a sprint, it's a triathlon. Now he's swimming away from God, and God comes with a divine intervention and interruption, and he gets swallowed up by this great fish and taken. Now, is that an interruption from the escape route? Absolutely, because he gets thrown up on the shore next to the city where God wanted him to go anyway, and then dramatically gets used by God to help an entire city repent and get right interruptions well what about the apostle paul this guy named saul's on this road and he's he's persecuting and and he's killing christians and all of a sudden god interrupts his life with a bright light sends him on a completely different course and he becomes one of the greatest church planters ever and then writes the bulk of the new testament powerful god has a track record of interrupting our plans 
with an invitation to something better. And I believe there are many of us who avoid these God interruptions and invitations. And it ends up being an interruption because we see it that way, when in reality, God has a plan to do something new and different in our lives. But if you will be sensitive, if you'll be sensitive enough to see what we often call an interruption as a possible invitation, God might take you someplace new. God might take you somewhere different, to an entirely different place than you might have ever imagined. And that is exactly what happened for Mary. The angel of the Lord appears to this girl and she thinks she has her life planned out and she's on the fast track to her wedding day. And and God says, I have something different that's going to change the course of history and I want you to be part of it. And, And the angel says this, In verse 30, this is where we started. This is kind of the foundation of this series when these angels show up to these people in Luke chapter 1, verse 30. And what is it that he says there? He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Why did he have to say that to her? What was she? Afraid, right? That's not deep theology there. That's reality. Mary's afraid, remember? We got the rock standing in front of her, giving her a a new message from God. This is overwhelming. The angel tells her that you have found favor with God. That's something I pray for regularly. Lord, give me your favor. The King James Version says, fear not. The New Living Translation that we're using this morning says, do not be afraid. And that's where our main thought comes from. I don't need to be afraid of God's plans, and so often we are afraid of God's plans because God's interruptions seem inconvenient. And next, you could write this down, God's purpose seems different than our plans. God's purpose seems different than our plans. What does that look like? Because we all have some margin of planning in us, right? We like to plan. We like to figure things out, and that's a good thing. Look what she says, or the angel says now. This is crazy. Now you have to remember. Remember the scene. Remember the reality of what's going on in Mary's life on the heading quickly towards her wedding day, the excitement of that. She's in love, very in love with Joey. And now watch. Watch what happens here. The angel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Is that a little change in direction? And you will name him Jesus. Not only are you going to have a kid, but I already picked out his name for you. How do you like that? And he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now what are we doing? Are we still going, oh? We're like, what? What are you talking about, bulging angel? Think about the reality of this. She must have been blown away. This is a crazy moment, confused and humbled. Oh my gosh, I've been chosen to be the mother of the Son of God? How does that even register? And then boom, she's thinking her emotions swing. What are people going to say about me? That I'm going to be pregnant out of wedlock, and in their culture, that's a death sentence by stoning. This is not good. What are people going to think about me? What, how am the honor? How, how is this all going to work? And then all of a sudden, oh, Joseph, how am I going to tell Joey? Hello, Joey. It's Mary. Are you sitting down? Uh, so the rock angel just showed up, gave me a little message. 
Some things are going to look a little different. Um, so we're going to have a baby, like soon. And the name's already picked out. And Joey's going to go, what just happened? Change of direction, change of plan. I don't know how this is going to happen, but you could, you could imagine in her life, this is way, way different than her plan. And I don't know how this is going to play out in your life, but when God interrupts with an inter- uh, invitation to something else, you're going to see that so often you might think you have your life planned out, but he has a different plan. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I can guarantee you this, it will happen. If you're a Christ follower, he will speak to you, and it's going to be a change of plan moment for you. The direction that you're headed, he wants to change. As a matter of fact, we can go back to Isaiah 55 and look at Isaiah 55, 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now that we have kind of emotionally our hearts wrapped around what was happening in Mary's life, you could only imagine how this must have felt, right? Have you ever gotten crazy news? I mean, not that you were pregnant as a virgin, but news that kind of like rocked your world. News that changed the history of your life. We've all gotten those kinds of messages before reality hits and there's a challenge in a relationship or something at work happens. Maybe you lose your job or you get shifted at work in some way. Maybe you have difficulties or challenges having children and that's the, the, um, the news from the doctor. Or maybe you have challenges with your children, financial challenges or a bad health report. Maybe you have friends or family that are sick. Maybe there's loss of a loved one or relocation that just rocks your world. This stuff is real. This stuff happens. And listen, listen, it's not just real that we know it happens out here. This stuff is real because I know your stories. I know my story. I know that there are these moments, there are these times where things happen and it changes the course of the history of our lives and we get that, we get that news. I get it. You might not even fully know the implications of where this is going to take you. We have Plum Creekers that even in the last couple of months have experienced grief like you can't even imagine, senseless loss of loved ones' lives. We have those that have been horrifically maimed in car accidents. Just yesterday, I visited a Plum Creek Plum Creeker who went to the doctor and, and uh, about 10 days later, woke up from his medically induced coma in the third or fourth day of his chemo treatment after just going to the doctor. Like you could imagine the reality of how these things are life-changing. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to have challenges related to being moved into a different spot. I understand my dad went through this many times, having lost his job and having to find another one. I understand what it feels like to get the message from the doctor that you have cancer or that you have loved ones that have cancer. I know what it feels like to get the phone call where we're told that my brother-in-law is heading fast towards needing to have a heart transplant. I know what it feels like to get the news that your dad has Alzheimer's in 
and Parkinson's and is now going to need to be in assisted living. I understand how those things feel, and so do you. There are times in our lives where our life will just be rocked by what's happening. And some of you are in the middle of that right now. Look what Mary asks. It's the question that we ask a lot as well. Mary asked this question to the angel, but how can this happen? You're going to be the mother of the Son of God. You're going to call him Jesus. His throne will never end. And she's like, what? What? This is, I was on my way to register at Pottery Barn. Now I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Did she understand the full reality of what she was walking into? Absolutely not. Do you remember? We, we, we look at this story of Christmas and we always do like, what? what is it? Oh, but do you remember the king wanted to kill her kid? Do you remember that part of the story? Do you remember that as her kid grew up, he was a little different than everybody else? Do you remember that as he grew a little bit more, he was always misunderstood and under attack? Do you remember that he was falsely accused and then he was taken prisoner. And then do you remember how he was falsely tried and then sentenced to die on a cross? And hey, by the way, this same Mary that we're like, oh, watched her son be brutally beaten and then hung on a cross to die. Can you imagine? You see, Christmas isn't Christmas without the cross, and the cross isn't the cross without Christmas. They go together, but sometimes we get this misunderstanding that everything was just so perfect and great. She gave birth in a barn! This was not what she envisioned and signed up for. How is it going to happen? Lord, we don't understand. How will my marriage make it? How can I make this change to the, in this area of my life where I felt bound up for years? How am I going to heal from these wounds? How am I going to forgive? The pain runs so deep. How am I going to move forward from experiencing this loss that I have experienced? How am I going to figure out what my future looks like? Look what the angel says in verse 35. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's how it's going to happen, Mary. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Now look, jump down with me to verse 37. You might want to write this one down if you're in the middle of one of those directional change moments in your life. For nothing is what? Impossible with who? God. For nothing is impossible with God. Can you change your spouse? Do this. Nope. Can God change your spouse? Yeah. If you're having a hard time figuring out your future, can God figure out your future? Yeah. You might not be able to heal your broken heart on your own, but can God heal your broken heart? Oh, yeah. I don't know who came to church for just this moment today, but I know there's somebody who's facing a moment, and it's not going to be divine intervention to, uh, to have a baby while yet a virgin. But it's something big. And you feel it right now. Maybe it feels like life's not going as planned. Maybe it feels as though there's been a major shift to the way that you had thought things would be. Nothing is impossible with God. We serve a God who's all-knowing, ever-present, and all-powerful. 
And now let's go back to the question that I asked earlier. What is it that God has been speaking to you about? Maybe he's been calling you to be involved in some ministry thing somewhere. Maybe he's been challenging you to deal with an issue that's been an issue for a long time in your life. Maybe he's been asking you to forgive. Maybe he's been asking you to open up your heart that he would be able to bring his peace back into your life. Nothing is impossible with who? Our God. With our God. That's so powerful. Nothing is impossible. You might want to write this down. You see, the outcome of the circumstances and situations that we face, that's God's responsibility. Listen carefully. Obedience, that's your responsibility. You see, we're called to obey. We're called to trust. And what happens is that God is the one that is responsible for the outcome. The outcome will always be God's responsibility, and obedience will always be ours. And what we need to do is simply surrender ourselves to him, just like a teenage girl 2,000 years ago did when she thought she was on the fast track to register at Pottery Barn, and her life changed forever. You see, it's in God's goodness and sovereign plan that he will interrupt us just like he interrupted her and call us to a different place. He wants something for you because his purpose is so different sometimes than our plans. You see, she couldn't conceive how it was possible and she had to remember that all things are possible with God just like you and I need to be reminded today that all things are possible with our God. This angel puts this opportunity in front of her and just as I believe God will put and already has put opportunities in front of you and I for something greater, I want you to see, you might wanna write this down and circle it on your notes, this last verse, powerful. How did she respond? In verse 38, she responds, and I love this. She says this, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. I would venture to guess that that is exactly why she was chosen. Because she had fully and completely submitted her life to her God. This is probably also why she had experienced the hand of God's favor on her life. I am the Lord's servant, she said. Now watch this. May everything you have said about me come true. Wow. You needed to hear that today, and I need to hear that today. Before she says anything else, she reminds herself who she is and whose she is. And you need to be reminded of that today too. Even though I don't understand it, even though I can't figure it all out, even though it might not right now make sense, and listen, even though it might mean that things won't always be easy, it's certainly gonna cost me something. It might be harder than I've ever imagined but I belong to him. I'm his. And because I belong to him, 
I trust him with the outcome. So I will be obedient. I believe this is one of the most faith-filled statements in all of Scripture. Can you bow your head for just a second? Let me read it again. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. You see, the outcome is God's responsibility and obedience is your responsibility. With your heads bowed, friends, let me just remind you again, you do not need to be afraid of God's plan for your life. You just need to remember who you are and whose you are. And it might look a little different than we've got it all figured out. But it's okay. You see the outcome? That's God's stuff. But he's calling you to obey. And so I wonder in this moment, what is it that God has been speaking to you about? What change perhaps has he been asking you to make? What priority has he been asking you to shift? What relationship has he been asking you to mend? How has he been asking you to extend forgiveness? You see, stop worrying about the outcome. And I guarantee you, that's where your mind is already gone, thinking about the outcome. How is it going to work? That's not for you to worry about. God's got that. You just need to obey. Father, in this moment, we pause this weekend to thank you for the way that you love us. That, Lord, you didn't send your son because you wanted something from us. It was because you wanted something for us. And Lord, so often we get so busy with our plans and we, we, we have it all out on the calendar and we have our to-do lists and we know what's going to happen this year and next year, planning for the years to come. And Lord, we get so busy with all of that that, we, that we just can't, we've crowded you out where we don't even hear your voice anymore. Lord, during this holiday season, it's even tougher because it seems like there's more to do than less to do. But we need to hear from you. And Lord, for some that are here, they already know with great certainty what it is that you've been challenging them with. And maybe we've been steering the grocery cart of life far away from the voice of our God. And Lord, we pray today that we would turn it back towards you. Lord, help us once again to submit to you and to say yes to your plan. Maybe there would be someone here today that's never said yes to having a relationship with the Lord in their life. And if that's you, this is your moment right now. You need to understand that this Christmas that we celebrate is really the beginning, the beginning of an incredible, incredible gift that God has given us to be in right relationship with Him. And maybe today you've been steering the grocery cart of your life away from God intentionally. And today you need to be reminded that He, he came for you. And maybe there would be someone here today that would say, you know what, it's time for me to say yes to this. In this moment, you can even feel the presence of God tugging on your heart tapping you on the shoulder right now saying this is your moment and if that's you I just invite you to say yes say yes to relationship with Jesus if you find yourself in that spot right now would you just pray this simple prayer Lord I know I need you 
I need to stop heading away from you and start heading towards you. I ask you to forgive me for falling short of your perfect standard, but I thank you that what we celebrated at Christmas really led to a cross, and now we have an opportunity to be in this right relationship with you, so I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to help me to understand in a greater way what it means to serve you with my life. Lord, will you help each of us to do that? Help us to leave the outcome up to you and let our answer be yes today. We will respond. We will obey. It's in your name that we pray today. Amen. Amen. We stand to your feet. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, congratulations. We are so excited for you and we'd love to equip you with some resources, some next steps, and a complimentary gift. Just text the word FAITH to 40650. And if today you just need to talk to someone or would like to have someone pray with you, you can call our church office at 303-663-1714 and one of our pastors would be happy to spend some time with you. From everyone here at Plum Creek, have a great day.